everyone. We're reading this morning, first of all, from Psalm 37. He will not forsake his saints of David. Psalm 37, beginning verse 1. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. For the evil doers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. And if we flick over to Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful to be here again this morning, to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory that you are so rightly, um, that you so rightly have and should have. Lord, we are so thankful that we can stand on your promises. We're so thankful for your word, that even through tough times, you're always with us. That even through times of sadness, 
in times of shame. You stand beside us, you comfort us, you walk with us. Through times of joy, you hold us. Thank you that you are a good, good father. I pray this morning that as John comes to speak, Lord, you would give him words that offer praise and glory to your name, words that we shall take in and that we shall use. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Carlin. Uh, morning. We are again in our series, this new series of the Beatitudes, and we, this week we come to the third of those. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I know for one, Pete has been looking forward to this one for, for weeks now, but it, just to remind him again that it is blessed are the meek, not blessed is the meek. So, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. We live in a world uh, that thinks in terms of strength and power and ability, and self-assurance, aggressiveness, self-realization, self-actualization, whatever some of those mean, I'm not that sure, but, but that's the world we live in. We live in a world that thinks in those terms, that values those things. The more you assert yourself, the more you express yourself, the more you organize and demonstrate your powers and your abilities, the more likely you are to succeed. And again, that is the reality of the world we live in because it's more about success than it is about anything else. It's more about succeeding. Those who take the bull by the horns are the ones who will inherit the earth. The Beatitudes of this world are blessed are the strong. Blessed are you if you're a mover and a shaker, blessed are the beautiful, blessed are the proud and the bold. Those are the Beatitudes of this world. You see, our world values personal possession of power to use it for its own ends and its own purposes. And again today, as we read what Jesus said, and what he's trying to do, as we sort of outlined in week one and week two, what Jesus is doing here is he's brought these disciples to himself. Literally, if you go back in Matthew, it's just like the chapter before. He's just called these disciples to himself. He's gone. He's got these disciples. They've come to himself. He's teaching them what it is to be and what they are to be as citizens of the kingdom of God. This is what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom. This is what it looks like. And again, when we, when we think about that, we see clearly how countercultural it is to be a disciple of Jesus. It is, in fact, the opposite, exact opposite of what the world will tell us is success. And you see, to be a disciple of Jesus is to be a learner. It's literally what the word means. 
And what God needs to do in us when we come to Jesus is re-teach us. Because the world teaches us one way, and when we come to Jesus, He needs to re-teach us, to train us over. And that's what He's doing in the Beatitudes. When He gives these list, this list of blessings, He pronounces these blessings on the, on the disciples. He's saying, this is the way of the kingdom, not the way that you've been taught of the world. God is in the business of reteaching us about how we interpret the world, how we see the world, and how we act in the world. He wants, to see it. He wants us to see it from His perspective. So what we have here in blessed are the meek, and this is the best place to start, it's really the only place to start. What we have here and why Carlin read Psalm 37 for us, is this is a, either a direct quotation or at least a, a really strong allusion to Psalm 37. It says in Psalm 37, the meek shall possess the land and delight themselves in abundant prosperity. The Greek Old Testament word and the New Testament Greek are, are identical. The meek shall inherit the land. Hebrew means earth. So, we've just come out of a series in Revelation where we were told that there will be a new heavens and a new earth. And Jesus is now telling us in Matthew 5 who will inherit that new heaven and new earth. The meek. The meek will inherit the earth. So what does it mean to be meek? What is the meaning of meekness? The Greek word for, for meek literally means in English gentle. Gentle. But it does not mean weak. The two are not to be confused. Meek means gentle. It does not mean weak. The word actually is used most commonly uh, in the context of a horse. A horse, which is by no means weak, but it, what, what happens with a horse? It is broken to the will of its master. In all its strength, in all its power, it is broken to the will of its master. And so it becomes meek. It is submitting to the will of its master, and so it is meek. Meekness is this, strength controlled. Meekness is this, strength controlled. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who I quote often, says this, meekness is like wet kindling. It does not easily catch fire. Meekness is like wet kindling. It does not easily catch fire. And we can do our best. We always can do our best to define Bible words and what Bible words mean, but, but it's always better if God Himself gives us a definition of the word in Scripture. We'll go with that definition all day long. We can have more confidence in a, in a definition that God gives us in Scriptures. Like in Hebrews 1, or Hebrews 11, 6, 
where God gives us this definition of faith. He says that there is the assurance of things hoped for, conviction of things unseen. There you go. That's what faith means. That's a biblical definition. That's what it means. Or in Hebrews 1, where he gives the definition of angels. Hebrews 1.14, he says, they are ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. Biblical definition. There we go. That's what it is. God has thankfully given us a biblical definition of meekness in Psalm 37. He shows us what meekness is. In verse 3, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. That is so simple and yet so profound and so powerful. Trust in the Lord and do good. That verse in itself teaches us that meekness is based on what? Trust in the Lord. It involves submission to Him and His will, just as the breaking of a horse involves submitting to the one who is breaking it and to its master. So meekness in a human being involves submitting to the will of the master. Trust in the Lord and do good. That is the essence of meekness. If you study Psalm 37, what you'll find is meekness is described over and over again, but just from different perspectives, different angles. It's basically the same thing over and over again. Trust in the Lord and do good. This theme is repeated. Trust in the Lord and do good. Psalm, the psalm begins, do not fret, evildoers. What's our natural response to evildoers? Like literally, psalm begins with, do not fret about evildoers. Our natural response to evildoers is try to do something about them. Get them back. Sometimes we can even employ ungodly methods to do so, and we justify it because, well, they've done something to us, and they deserve it, or whatever, blah, blah, blah. The biblical response is trust in the Lord and do good. And that's what meekness looks like. Trust in the Lord and do good. Verse 5, trust also in Him and He will do it. Verse 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Verse 8, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Those who what? Wait on the Lord. You see a pattern. Basically the same thing over and over again. Trust in the Lord and do good. And so on throughout the psalm. But you get the idea. The meek person, the one who is meek, is the one who trusts in the Lord and does good. Trusting means taking our hands off it. Trusting means, whatever the situation might be, it means taking our hands off it and trusting God to take care of it. Now, what I said about meekness is this. It does not mean weakness. It doesn't mean that you couldn't do something about it. Whatever situation you might be facing and you, and, and you, you, you need to take your hands off, it doesn't mean that you couldn't do something about it. 
But because the meek person is trusting in God's power and His strength, they take their hands off. There are so many insights to the quality of meekness in Psalm 37. Go home this afternoon and read over Psalm 37 again and again. But the reality is in this room there are people facing situations. All of us face different situations in life. And some of us are facing situations in life where God wants to teach us meekness. Where we need to be meek. As I say, go home and read Psalm 37. And God will show you what it means to be meek and how to apply the quality of meekness to the situation that you're dealing with. Because the reality is there's not one, two situations in this room that are the same. But he will hopefully, through the person of the Spirit, teach us through this psalm what it means to be meek. Let's take a moment, just when we're together here now, though, to to look at aspects of meekness from Psalm 37. So with the basic understanding that it is strength controlled, that it is trust in God and, and, and doing good, let's look at what it means to be meek. One, again, meekness is based, rooted in a trust of the Lord. Trust in the Lord and do good on repeat. Trust in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. All through Psalm 37, the meek person is encouraged to trust. Trust in their situation. And the reason the meek person can do so and respond meekly in whatever situation they're facing is because they trust God. How many times when we face situations in life, whatever it might be, it might be persecution, it might be a work scenario, it might be school, whatever it might be, how many times in our lives when we face something, we are tempted to respond in an ugly fashion? We are tempted to respond with revenge. We are tempted to respond with taking control of the situation. Make people trust God and let Him sort it out. Make people trust God and let Him sort it out. Many of you will remember the Inniskillen Remembrance Day bomb. 1987. I remember uh, I came home from uh, Ballaroni BB enrollment. I was seven years of age. Just, you can do the math there. It's quite easy. Seven years of age, come home from Ballaroni BB enrollment to hear the news of the Enniskillen bombing and what had happened. Eleven people died that day in that IRA bomb, one of which was Marie Wilson. And at the scene... Marie Wilson's father, Gordon, held her hand as she died. She passed away 
And this is what Gordon said in an interview. She held my hand tightly, gripped me as hard as she could, and she said, Daddy, I love you very much. Those were her exact words to me. And those were the last words I ever heard her say. But I will bear no ill will. I bear no grudge. Dirty sort of talk is not going to bring her back. She was a great wee lassie. She loved her profession. She was a pet. She's dead. She's in heaven, and we shall meet again. And I will pray for those men tonight and every night. That is the definition of meekness. That is the definition of meekness in a real human being, in a real life situation, to hold the hand of your wee girl for her to tell you that she loved you and for her to pass away at the hands of evil men and for you to say that you bear no grudge and that you will pray for those who took her life is meekness personified. When you really trust God, you take your hands off it. Like Psalm 37 says, cease from anger, forsake wrath, do not fret, it leads only to evil doing. But wait for the Lord. Basically, God says in the psalm, if you trust me, you'll take your hands off it and you will let me deal with it. Folks, that is hard for us to do. That is hard for us to do. We have witnessed so many situations in the life of Cornerstone Church where we have wanted to force something to happen. A range of things. Pastoral issues, practical issues when it comes to buildings and all sorts and We've wanted to force something. We've wanted to make it happen. We've wanted to get our hands on it. We've wanted to do it. We, we're, we're tired. We're, we're tired waiting. And God, time and time again, has taught us that when we take our hands off it and let Him control it, it happens in His way and in His time and in His manner and in His way. Some of you are facing situations right now in which you are being tempted to take matters into your own hands. Take matters into your own hands, even in an ungodly way. And God is saying, don't do that. Don't manipulate. Don't compromise. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't take things into your own hands. Be meek. 
Trust in me and do what is good. The converse is obviously true. A giveaway sign that you're not being meek is that when you do not do good, as I say, Psalm 37, 3 defines meekness as trust in the Lord and do good. When you're not really trusting in God, you do not do good. As I say, you take things under your own hands. You want to get revenge. You cheat. You lie. You steal. You do whatever it takes to have your way. And that is the converse of meekness. The opposite of meekness. So you do what you can do. And the reality is that basically shows a mistrust in God. If we take things into our own hands and act ungodly in an ungodly fashion, that basically shows us that we do not trust God. You can understand probably why this character, the character trait of meekness, is one that is often overlooked. As I say, the world's beatitudes are blessed are the strong, blessed are the, those who take the bull by the horns, blessed are the one that gets the stuff done. This is so countercultural. But if we look in Scripture, if we look back through Scripture at those who we would consider, I say those who we would consider because that's what we do. If we were to look back at those who we would consider to be the greats in Scripture, because the reality is all of their lives are a mess. But if we look back at the, at, the, at the lives of those who we would consider as the greats, we see one common trait, meekness. Meekness. Two or three commentators that I read this week used the, the one illustration, and the illustration was of Moses, as someone who was meek. In Numbers 12, Aaron and Miriam grumbled about Moses' leadership. Not a strange thing to spiritual leaders. They grumbled about Moses' leadership. They said, the Lord, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? In other words, listen, Moses, why does he think he's so great? Why has God only chosen him to, for us to listen to? And they were grumbling and yapping and getting on the way people do. But Moses' response was to not respond to them. He didn't take things into his own hands. In fact, Numbers 12, 3 says, Now Moses was the meekest man in all the earth. And the reason God could say that about Moses was because he didn't take things into his own hand when Aaron and Miriam mumber, complained and yapped about him. He didn't take things into his own hands and he didn't seek revenge on them. Or he didn't seek to punish them. But he trusted God in the situation. And actually, the Bible goes on to tell us that God's anger burned against Aaron and Miriam. In quite a brutal way. He punished them for their rebellion. 
Moses was God's anointed leader. And whether they liked him or not, they shouldn't have been yapping. Moses handled it by not responding. God dealt with it. But Moses himself left it alone. It's a little bit like Anna Lander's quote where it says this, people with integrity expect to be believed, and if they're not, they allow time to prove them right. People with integrity expect to be believed, and if they're not believed, they allow time to prove them right. They don't put their hands on the situation. They don't manipulate the situation. They don't cajole the situation. They allow it to play out and let God do what God will do. Moses, an example of meekness. David, another example of meekness in Psalm 43, says this. David is in deep trouble. And this is what he says. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against ungodly people. He's not saying, I am going to vindicate myself. I'm going to do X, Y, or Z. He's saying, vindicate me, O God. God, move. I trust you. Move. Defend my cause against ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. It's over to you again. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let me, them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. See the pattern? Taking my hands off it. There's nothing I can do or there's nothing I should do here that might be ungodly, but I'm, I'm trusting you, I'm doing good, and I'm leaving it in your hands. Obviously, the greatest example of meekness is found in Christ. All of the qualities of the Beatitudes are found in Jesus. And this one too. Jesus was meek. Jesus trusted the Father. Paul, writing in 2 Corinthians 10, said this, I urge you, by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. So Paul saw Jesus, the ultimate example of meekness that we are to imitate. Jesus himself says in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, Come to me, all who are labor, for I am meek and gentle. And not only did he say it, but he lived it. Not only did he say he was meek, but he lived it. When he was being arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter took out the sword Again, this is just a very real-life example of what meekness looks like. Peter was not being meek in this situation. Peter wanted to sort it out. The soldiers come to arrest Jesus. What does Peter do? 
out the sword, cuts off the, the, the dude's ear. Jesus rebukes him and said this, do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? Meekness, strength, control. Jesus at any moment at any moment, could have summoned legions of angels to sort this thing out. But because of submission to the Father's will, he chose not to, and he chose to trust. Jesus is the ultimate demonstration of meekness. Didn't take things into his own hands, like Peter with the sword. Jesus lived out this quality of meekness. He trusted God and he what? Did good. He trusted God and did good. And if you and I are going to be like Jesus, which is the ultimate goal of our Christian life. Discipleship. People like to make discipleship complicated. It's not. Discipleship learner, learn to be like Jesus. If you and I are going to be like Jesus, which is God's number one priority for your life, we have to learn to be meek. Let me repeat that, because I'm not sure that gets in. Because some, some people think God's number one priority for their life is that they're healthy. Or that God's number one priority for their life is that they have enough money in the bank account to see them through. Or some people think that God's number one priority for their life is that they parent their children well. Or some people think that God's number one priority for their life is that they have a good marriage. Or some people think that God's number one priority for their life is X, Y, and Z. God's number one priority for your life is to make you into the image of the Son. Full stop. Don't be running around wondering what God's will is for your life. That's it. That's it. And if that's the case, we must learn meekness. To trust in the Lord and do good. Now, what situation are you facing? Well, you would love to tell them. Oh, flip, you'd love to tell them. What a tube they are. You would, like, right, honesty time away from the notes. Right? My inclination, my, I've said, I've, I've told you, my inclination, my, my human inclination, the old John, if you wrong me, you are getting it. 
I'll make your life hell. That's my human inclination, my old self, bad-tempered, we trump, all right? We need to choose other. Now, me and myself, I can't do that. I can't. But through the person and power of the Spirit, we can be transformed into the image of Jesus. And it's one choice at a time. Today, you will not be endowed with the, 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 the gift of meekness. But you will wake up tomorrow morning and you'll ask Jesus to help you tomorrow. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, until you die. But we must choose to be Christ-like. So, again, what situation are you facing? Family member that's just annoying. Work colleague that you want to rip out. Child that you want to bother. <laughs> None of ours, obviously. Uh, where do we need to choose meekness? Because here's the thing, we're told it is the meek who will inherit the earth. That's one of them ones where Jesus says, and you're like, oh, really? So you're telling me, Jesus, it's not the go-getter. It's not the one who takes things into their hands and makes the thing happen. It's not the, you know, the strong, the powerful. No, the meek. Can you see how countercultural of a message that this actually is? No? Fair enough. It is the meek who will inherit the earth. If you're a believer in here, that, that, that has to stop us in our tracks. It's those who will inherit the earth. The converse is true. Those who aren't, won't. Those who aren't, won't. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. See, you can take swipes at a meek person. You can take digs but you have no power over them because they take it in their stride. Jesus was the ultimate example of that. They're content, they're satisfied in this time, side of eternity because they trust God that he will move and they continue to do good. D.A. Carson says it this way. With this eternal perspective in view, and that's the important part, the meek will inherit the earth. With that eternal perspective in view, you can afford to be meek today. You can afford to be meek today. Do you trust God in a way that you know all things will be made right in the end? Even if you suffer here, even if people say all sorts of things about you here, 
even if you're wronged here, there will be a day coming when all things are made right. And it is with that eternal perspective that we can afford to be meek here and now. Looking to Christ as our example. The ultimate, ultimate example of meekness. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Strength controlled, trust in the Lord, and do good. Let me pray for you. Father, help us. We need your help. We need the person of the Holy Spirit every single day. Help us to be meek. We want to be meek people who will inherit the earth. Just help us. In your name we pray. Amen.